0: The Scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. For, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them, now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed, that is Christ. What I am saying is this, the law, which came 430 years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise. But God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Why the law then? It was added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator, until the seed would come to whom the promise has been had been made. Now a mediator is not for one party only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? May it never be. For if a law had been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on law. But the scripture has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith.
1: Thank you, Jimmy. Would you please pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we have the opportunity now to uh, hear truths from your word preached. We know that your word is powerful, Father. We pray that um, your Holy Spirit will be active this morning amongst us. I pray that you be with our pastor as he brings this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. morning. I'm glad you're here this morning. We have a very interesting couple of verses to study this morning. Now, I'm not talking about anybody in this room, okay? So if I step on your toes, I am apologizing now. I do not mean you. I'm not looking at you, okay? But one thing that has bothered me over the years has been parents who threaten their kids. And they threaten them and threaten them and threaten them. And threaten them. And after a while, the kid understands that the mom or dad will never do it. They're just threatening. And sometimes, I think what that does is it causes us to relate it to God. To think that God just doesn't mean it when He says He's going to punish us for every single sin you think or act, or do, God wouldn't do that. And the biggest answer is, well, we say God is love. And we completely forget that God is just. So, if you're a parent that threatens, I would recommend don't do it. But, some parents do that. Don't associate God with threatening. God promises. And there's a difference between those two. We've been looking at uh, the Romans chapters 1 through 3, which talks about condemnation. Now we've transitioned to talking about justification. Justification. Ezekiel wrote in chapter 18 that the soul who sins will die. Soul that sins will die. I think that's a promise from God. And I think that's talking about your soul, not necessarily your body. Therefore, it's not talking about your first death, but it'll be talking about your second death. When you are disciplined at the great white throne for your sin and sentenced to an eternity In the lake of fire. Now, before you say, well, that's just a threat. No, it's not. It's exactly what your sin deserves. Look at Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Verse 26. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just. So that God would be just. How does God show his justice in dealing with sin? How does God show his justice in dealing with sin? First thing I want you to understand is what it means to be just. God had to satisfy his own righteousness against sin. To be just. God is just means that God is always acting in accordance with what is right. And of course, He Himself is the final standard of what is right. The Old Testament, when it talks about God being just, it uses a Hebrew term that means straight. Straight. God is straight. Everything that's not straight... (laughs) is not God and not just. New Testament, it uses a word, means right, right or righteousness, that you are not righteous and God is righteous. Many times in the Hebrew and Greek, when it's translated into English and it means the justice of God, it's translated righteousness we have over 480 verses in our Bibles talking about the justice or just character of God. God does not pronounce the unrighteous righteous. That would make him unjust. The justice of God is responsibility of a moral sovereign. God is sovereign and he's moral and he is the one that determines what is just. And God does what is just. God will be just in regards to the rebellion against his law by every person who's ever lived. You rebel against his law, God will be just with you. The law could not be broken without consequences. And if, it, if he didn't have consequences, he would not be just. When we say that God is just, He always does what is right. God is called righteous in Himself, and His judgments and dealings with mankind will be just. The verse almost should say, God is just and will condemn sinners. But it implies that. God is just. Now, if God is just... He's going to have to deal with sin. And the way he deals with sin will be a just way of dealing with sin. Look at verse 25, Romans 3, verse 25. From whom God displayed publicly as a a (laughs) a propitiation in his blood through faith, this was to demonstrate his righteousness. Number one, how does God show his justice? And his dealings with sin, number one, to be just, God must demonstrate his righteousness. God must demonstrate his righteousness. The plan of God, the sovereign plan of God, the will of God, should, will always show the righteousness of God. The plan is given to us in what we call the gospel message that God's righteousness will be shown in how he deals with the sinner and the believer. God had to deal with his own righteousness to be just to the sinful people of the world. God's righteousness is not given based upon human performance. God's righteousness is not his actions, but is his character. God's character is righteous. He is just. He will always be just. He will always be righteous. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The purpose for saving you is so that you could be the righteousness of God. You can't do anything to earn the righteousness of God. It's given to you. The gospel message is the source of that righteousness. You learn about that righteousness through the gospel. The gospel message tells a sinner how the righteousness of God is imputed to him. And how to be a believer. Righteousness is revealed as an act of grace. Number two look at verse 26 the beginning of verse 26 for the demonstration of his righteousness at the present time how does god show his justice to in his dealings with sin number 2 god will be just to be just god must be righteousness today he must be righteousness today he must show his righteousness He must demonstrate his righteousness. He must do it publicly. And the way he did that is through the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ is the greatest expression of love and, at the same time, the greatest expression of wrath. God demonstrates that he is just in the work of the cross. We show, we see the righteousness, the holiness, the justice of our, of our God and the unholiness of us. Philippians 3.9 says, We may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God. Righteousness comes from God. And it comes from us at the present time. The appointed time when God's plan is clearly seen His method of dealing with sin and the salvation of sinners, which was done at the cross. The cross is what we look back on in present time to know what it means for God to be just. He dealt with sin justly, and it cost Jesus Christ His life, and He bled on the cross and died. All sins are dealt with from the time of the cross to the end of the tribulation period. All those sins are paid for by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The gospel message tells you and is the power to see the righteousness of God. Number three. How does God show his justice to his dealings of sin? Look at the beginning of verse 25. Whom God displayed publicly. That God displayed publicly. To be just, God must have a public propitiation. A public propitiation. Propitiation, notice the next phrase, a propitiation in his blood through faith. Publicly displayed as a propitiation. God showed his work of propitiation publicly; it was open. He displayed it. tense. a point in time can be seen. A way of salvation was not done in secret; was not done behind closed door. It was done on a hill, outside the wall of Jerusalem. Death on the cross was done in a public way, a public view, so everyone would know. Placed all before the eyes of all people in contrast to the old testament when they did the holy of holy propitiation it's an interesting word it literally means a lid here you go this is a display in a museum in jerusalem of the ark of the covenant it is a model you'll notice that it has a lid do you see the lid That lid is what we call the mercy seat. That Greek word that's translated mercy seat is translated propitiation. That seat underneath the wings of those angels is where the high priest goes on the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, and he goes in with the blood of the sacrifice that was designated for the people of Israel, and he sprinkles it on the mercy seat. And on the mercy seat, he sprinkles it. He lights the incense and the cloud of incense covers the mercy seat. And God is pleased with that sacrifice. That sacrifice was Old Testament. That sacrifice was under the law. That sacrifice was obeying the commands that God gave. And the fulfillment of that came later. When Jesus Christ went to a cross, not for His sins, but for our sins. And He took upon Himself our sins and took the punishment. The punishment was showed a number of ways where the sky in the middle of the noonday went dark. Sign of judgment. Where He gave up and bled and died. And when He died... The temple curtain that divided and kept the Holy of Holies private was torn from the top to the bottom. This sacrifice was the end of all sacrifices where the blood was shed and put upon the mercy seat by Jesus and His work. And that work dealt with our sins. Propitiation. The Greek word cannot be separated from the idea of God's wrath and the connection to our sin and our sin nature and our sinful actions. God's work through Jesus Christ on the cross, his shed blood, satisfied God being just. The Old Testament, the mercy seat was hidden by a veil but the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was done in public so everyone could see. The mercy seat and the cloud of incense covered it, Leviticus 16. And the interesting thing is that people are still trying to do things on the mercy seat. The Jews, who should know better, still are putting things on the mercy seat. The Jews think that by praying prayers, you can turn away the wrath of God. Jews believe by giving an offering. I'm glad we already took the offering. Putting something in the offering could get rid of the wrath of God. Doing good deeds could get rid of the wrath of God. Many, many, many religions believe that by doing something, you can put something on the mercy seat, and that will take care of the wrath of God, and that is wrong. The only thing that can take care of the wrath of God so that God can be just is the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. And God worked it, so that sacrifice had to be only done once. And it covered all the possible sins. So, leads us to our second point. How does God show himself to be the justifier in his dealings with sin? How does God show himself to be the justifier in dealing with sin? Look at verse 26. for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier. Just is the noun. Justifier is the verb of the one who has faith in Jesus. How does God show himself? Well, the first thing we got to understand is justification. What is the work that God does through Jesus Christ? How do you justify something. Justification is the work of God. He does it for the glory of God. That is the purpose. God is just in His punishment of sin, and God is the justifier showing His mercy. God has to be both. He has to deal with sin. He has to because He's just. It's character. His action is to be a justifier. He justifies and declares a sinner righteous by His mercy and grace. By His nature, like our sin nature, by His nature, He had to be just. By our nature, we have to sin. By His work, He justifies and declares sinners righteous. By us, our nature and our actions, we sin more. In order to be justified, we have our faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Justification declares the sinner righteous at the same time allows God to be completely just and pure and holy in his character. God has to be both just and justifier. Righteousness is found in the gospel message. For the believers declared righteous by the power of God for salvation. Justification does not solve the problem of a sinner accepting a holy God. But it solves the issue of a holy God accepting a sinner. A sinner does not need to be accepted by a holy God. The holy God needs to accept the sinner. That's why God is just by His character and justification by His actions. He has to do both in order to have a relationship with you and me, sinners, by nature and by actions. Our actions does not make the sinner right. Our actions do not justify us. Our actions deserve more wrath. Here we go. Number one How does God show himself to be the justifier in his dealings with sin? Verse 25 In whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith, this was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed. Number one, to be the justifier, God, God had to be tolerant of sins before the propitiation. God had to be tolerant of the sins before propitiation. In other words, before the cross. What happened to the sins of every person that lived before the cross? Before the cross Their sins had to be tolerated. God had to pass over those sins. He did not punish those sins, I believe, because he knew that Jesus Christ would pay for those sins. So he passed over those sins for those people, especially those people that were showing faith in the promises of God, showing faith through the sacrifices, showing faith through trying to keep the law, showing faith by doing things that showed their loyalty to God, those people's sins were overlooked and tolerated. Until the cross, and at the cross, they are put on Jesus Christ. They are placed upon Jesus Passing over sin is not forgiveness. Passing over sin is not justification. Passing over sin or forbearance is holding back the due judgment for sin. The due judgment for sin. He passed over sins previously committed. A temporary act of delaying judgment for a period of time. That was until the cross previously committed, till the cross came. And then, because of their faith in the promises of God, they were accepted, or by their faith in the rejection of God, they were put in a place called Hades. So, God was tolerant. We could say that in some ways God is tolerant with us today. Because there are sinners going around our society today. And God is being tolerant for some of them. Because some of them will accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior later. When they hear the gospel message. And God is being tolerant with them. Until that point in time where they place their faith in Jesus Christ. But... If you've never made that decision, you need to do it today. You need to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. And deal with your sins as a propitiation, as a sacrifice for you. Here we go, number two. How does God show Himself to be the justifier in His dealings with sin? Number two, look at verse 25. Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. In his blood through faith. Number two. To be a justifier, God had to make atonement for those who will have saving faith. God had to be the justifier. Had to make atonement for those who will have saving faith. Through his blood. Faith in his blood. in in the work of shedding His blood. Jesus had to die and shed His blood to cover your sins. You do not have faith in His blood. You have faith in Jesus Christ's work. The shedding blood of Jesus Christ is the only way to satisfy the justice of God. The life and death of Jesus Christ was given to make atonement for those who have saving faith. So, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a believer in the propitiation work of Jesus. You are at believing that he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat for you. That you can have a relationship with the righteousness and just God that he is. That you can have fellowship. With God. Through faith. Righteousness is only attained by saving faith, not the law. No re- reconciliation, no salvation without saving faith. Propitiation becomes effective through saving faith. Saving faith is placing your trust in total submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus shed his blood to cover the sins of of a person who places his faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Number three, how does God show himself to be the justifier in his dealings with sin? Verse 26 For the demonstration I say of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Number three, To be the justifier, God has to demand saving faith in the work of Jesus Christ. Saving faith in the work of Jesus Christ. If you believe you go to church every Sunday and you believe you have to do things to make yourself saved, you are still in your sins. You are still not covered by the work of Jesus Christ. You have to be, you have to have faith in the work of Jesus Christ that he did on the cross for you. The perfect sacrifice of Christ is the basis of our justification so that God can be both just and justifier. The unjust become his justice satisfied so that his grace can be freely exercised on all who receive the gifts of salvation by saving faith. God imputed our unrighteousness, our sin, to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ imputes to us his righteousness. And you are justified by God the Father. God the Father. Here we go. Next, why? Why must God be just? Let's make sure we understand this. Why? Must God be just? God's righteousness is seen in His actions with sin. And with all actions. But especially His actions with sin. He has to be just. His righteousness must be seen. Verse 25, God displayed publicly His propitiation in His blood through faith and demonstrated His righteousness. Verse 26, for the demonstration I say, his righteousness at the present time. His present time, his righteousness is seen. How is his righteousness seen in the present time? Why must God be the justifier? God must be the justifier because God's righteousness is seen in the believer's faith. God is just, and we see his righteousness and how he deals with sin. We are justified so that God can see His righteousness in us. We become the righteousness of a God when we are in Jesus Christ. Now, I have rushed to get to this one. There are some additional notes I can say concerning justification. I can't imagine us getting through all of these in the next six minutes, but I'm going to try. Here we go. I listed the references for you. Tried to keep them as close to Romans chapter 3 as I could. I could have picked a number of verses for each one of these. But I picked one. Here you go. Romans chapter 8 verse 33, which says, Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Justification is by God God the Father he is the one who justifies Romans 5:18 So then as one transgression there's resulted condemnation to all men even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men The one who did the work of justification was who did the one act of righteousness give you a hint, it was on a cross. Who did it? You are justified in Jesus Christ. You are justified in Jesus Christ. You're justified in God. You're justified in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. So were some of you, but you were washed when you were sanctified but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. You are justified by who? The Holy Spirit. So three verses so far, we got three people doing the justification. Justification of God, who's the one that justifies. We are justified by the work of Jesus Christ, and we are indwelt by the resident who comes into the person that's justified. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Stay with me. Don't get tired. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Much more than having been justified by His blood, we have been saved from the wrath of God through Him. We are justified by blood. We are justified by blood. The blood is the basis of our justifications, the basis of our propitiation. It's the work that Jesus did shedding his blood so you could be saved. There had to be the shedding of blood. Romans chapter 3 verse 28. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. You are justified by faith. You're justified by faith. You attain justification through faith. You you have this blood Shed for you by faith. You have the Holy Spirit indwelling you by faith. You have Jesus Christ doing the work on the cross by faith. Romans 3.24. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. You're justified by grace. You're justified by grace. The essence of your justification is a work of grace. God's grace is a gift to you. All you got to do is receive it. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He who delivered over because of our transgression and was raised because of our justification. This one came up in Sunday school. Justified by resurrection. You're justified because of the resurrection. Divine proof that your justification takes place at the work of Jesus Christ. It was approved by God the Father. You were justified because of His resurrection. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You've been justified for peace. For peace. Peace with God and peace in God. You have peace. You have peace. You're no longer at war with God. This is the result of justification You have peace with God. There's not a war going on any longer. Romans chapter 4, verse 2. For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. Works before salvation will not justify. But Romans 2, verse 13 says, It is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Justification by works occurs to believers after salvation where you can actually do what God wants you to do and even obey the law. You are justified by works. We could go on and on and on and on. I have one, two, three, four, five. Five more pages. We can go on. You have been justified. If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, in the work of Jesus Christ, you have been justified. And the loving God who makes the laws... Is the one who's just and keeps the law and paid for your sin by the work of his son. Application. Here we go. I will, will I praise God that his character will always be just? His character will always be just. He'll always be righteous. And that he is the only source of justification. So that his righteousness can be clearly seen by all. You can be justified by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you are placing your faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God will be seen through you. And your life will be different. There's a story about a king and his son the king ruled over a nation that was very wicked. Can you imagine such a nation? Okay, well, never mind. He was king over a very wicked nation. So he tried to cut down the wickedness of the nation by instricting a lot of harsh laws against evil. And he carried out those laws. And his he was very just in his... Retribution for breaking the laws. And uh, one day when he was standing court over those people that broke the law, one son was brought in. It was his son. And he was found breaking one of the king's laws that required... The taking out of both eyes that he had. That was the punishment. And the king had a hard time thinking of taking out both eyes of his son. You can imagine. But the king was both just and loving. And he told his son, you have broken the law and the, fort, and the punishment is the, he's giving up your two eyes. With that being said, one eye will come from you and one eye will come from me. And the king gave up his eye and the one eye from his son to take two eyes, which was the penalty for breaking the law. Now, that's a great story. Tugs at your heart. But there's a greater story about a holy and just God who is righteous in his character and cannot be unrighteous. He cannot allow somebody to break the law and enter into his heaven. And he has to be just, and he has to punish sin. And one day He will, at a great white throne, He'll punish sin. And He'll send a number of people away to a lake of fire to pay for their sins. But He is also the justifier. And He had a plan to work it out so that His sins could be laid upon His Son who kept the law perfectly and died on a cross not for His sins, but for yours so that you could be saved and God could be both just and the justifier just and the justifier let's pray Father I thank you for your work your plan your giving of the law And the breaking of the law, showing our sinfulness, showing that we couldn't do righteousness, we couldn't be just. And how somebody told us about the gospel message and told us about Jesus Christ, about Jesus paying our price so that we could be redeemed. And he did it in a public way that we can share with everyone that Jesus is the way to be justified. And then, Father, you being just were also justifier, justifying us, did the work of justification so that we could be declared righteous. You declared us righteous because we placed our faith in the work of Jesus Christ on that cross, shedding his blood, doing the payment for us, seeing the work, being accepted by you by the resurrection, seeing the work that you, Father, justified us by faith, that you, Father, through the work of Jesus Christ, justified us, that you, Father, through the Holy Spirit indwelling us, justified us, so that you, Father, that through the work of our lives, through the power of the Holy Spirit, show evidence of that righteousness of God, and the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of repentance, that we can be righteous, and it's all by grace. And it's all attained by faith. And it's all your work, Father. You did it so that you would be glorified. We thank you, Father, for this great gift of you being just and the justifier. We thank you, Father, for the day when we heard the message on how to be saved, and justify we thank you father that we now are indwelt by the holy spirit and empowered by your spirit so that we can display your righteousness in this world i pray father for each one in this room pray father for those that haven't turned their lives over to you yet i pray father they would do so today I pray, Father, for those in this room that have turned their life over to you. I pray, Father, that you'd be a bright, bright, shining light this week of your righteousness. That everywhere we go, Father, we have the goal of being righteous by the power of the Holy Spirit. That we would be a testimony to the God that is just and justifier. And the only way to heaven through the work of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, You would work in our lives, work in our church for Your glory and honor, that You would be exalted, Father, that we would display Your righteousness to the world. Thank You, Father, for all You do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.